Fam.news. How did she go from the star of TLC's extreme couponing to the CEO of Big Mattress Outlet? Kelly Charles is here to tell the amazing story about becoming the queen of clipping and how that side hustle funded her mattress retail business. Buckle up because the fam podcast starts right now. 1894, Max Englander hand-built the first Englander mattress. Today, Englander mattresses are still bench-made right here in the USA. Proven materials, expertly layered, and every stitch triple-checked. All for you. Englander. Better sleep by design. Hey, are you a mattress retailer looking to supercharge your business? Introducing Podium, your secret weapon. I use it, I'm a huge fan of it, and with Podium's AI-powered lead conversion, you can engage with customers in seconds via text, making it feel like they're talking to a friend. But hey, that's just the beginning. Podium offers texting, payments, reviews, website chat, and more, all in one place. You've gotta be the most responsive retailer to help customers solve those sleep problems in the moment, harness the power of Podium today, and start growing your business Visit Podium.com right now to learn more. Welcome to the FAM Podcast with Mark Kinsley. This is where the best in the betting business get even better. Welcome to the FAM Podcast. One of my favorite friends, member of the FAM, member of the... Mattress Mentorship Mastermind, oh, a Dream Camp <laughs> alumni, Sleep Summit, she's been there. Kelly Charles, welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What a privilege. I'm so excited to be here. I think that could have been like one of the greatest, we call it a tease, that, that opening card at the beginning of the show. Because I remember meeting you and Joe for the very first time in the Englander showroom. It's been a few years ago. And you guys happened to come in. And we ended up talking for about an hour and a half. And during the course of that conversation, I got to hear a little bit of your story. Mm -hmm. And I found out during that time we had together that you had been on TV, on a TV show on TLC called Extreme Couponing. And you were famous in the couponing world. And you were known as Coupon Kelly. Am I getting it right so far? <laughs> yeah, you got it right so far. <laughs> Yeah, claim to fame on the on the uh, the side hustle with the couponing. I was working at Simmons Bedding Company at the time, but yeah, no times were tough, and it was uh, costing an arm and a leg to put fuel in the tank. And we had three teenagers at home, and so I was I was busting out the coupons and doing what my mama taught me, and just trying to save every way every way that I could. And uh, yeah, it, it who know who knew what kind of uh, road that would take me down eventually. Okay, so let's fast forward a little bit because lots of families, moms dads, kids clipping coupons, trying to save some money at the store. How did that go from something you were doing to save money to being on TV? How, did people find out about you? Were you doing internet forums? Like how did that yeah. connect the dots there? So, so I love to write and I was trying to write a book and a good friend of mine who's an author said the way to do that is to just write every day. Because if you'll just, just commit to writing a sentence a day, then a sentence can turn into a paragraph. And then, you know, just the act of writing every day keeps you in that mindset. So I gave myself an obligation by starting a blog. And at the time I was like, well, what do I know something about? What am I an expert about that people might actually read? And couponing was very relevant at the time. The show wasn't on yet. The extreme couponing was not a thing yet. 
uh, but couponing itself was. So I, that's the blog I started was like working mom coupons and how to do it from a working mother standpoint. And um, yeah, so I was just on there blogging, basically, uh, not trying to get any followers, not trying to make a business out of it, just trying to keep myself focused on writing because I wanted to write a book. And um, yeah, in the meantime, uh, the pilot of Extreme Couponing aired. Now, it's just the pilot. So as far as we knew, it was just one show. We didn't even know that there was a possibility that there would be other episodes filmed. We just watched this one show, my husband and I, and Joe looked at me and he was like, you could do that. So the guy on the show, I, I really I don't remember. Nathan was his name. I don't remember what he was like eight or nine hundred bucks. And he got it down to less than a hundred or something like that. I, I may have, excuse me, my details wrong. <clears throat> but either way, I was like, that sounds kind of fun. Yeah, I think I could do that. So. I had set out to do a shopping trip to that scale just to prove that I could. Uh, and then meanwhile, I really don't remember how I heard about it, but somebody told me that they were accepting um, applications to appear on the show. So I sent in like a 30 second video of myself on camera, just talking about what I do. And I got a call and they're like, invited me to be on the show. And um, so, you know, I, meticulous nature that I have and doing everything on spreadsheets, you know, the, the crew comes and they're there for like two days at the house filming, you know, 10, 12 hours a day to get this 12 minute segment that's going to air on TV. And um, they're producers, they're not shoppers. So they don't know, you know, how this is all going to work. So the responsibility is on me to make the, sh the shopping trip work. Well, I am not going to be on national TV and have a shopping trip that I don't know exactly what the total is going to be at the register. So to me, the logical way to, to know this was put it on a spreadsheet, put my shopping list on a spreadsheet. So that way I could edit it on the fly through the grocery store. If, you know, if they didn't have the quantity I expected, or if I found another deal that wasn't expected, I could, I could edit it and know exactly what my total was going to be at the end. Just a spreadsheet, Excel spreadsheet. So the total, my subtotal was 13, a little over $1,300. And by the time we got finished with our coupons, the store owed me 31 cents. So uh, the show aired, and uh, so immediately the little blog that I had going and the Facebook following just blew up. I mean, absolutely exploded. Tens of thousands of people contacted me, messaged, what app were you using? What app was that? I need that app. Because they just saw that I had like an iPad walking through the store. So I've been telling my husband about it. I was like, well, you know, I'll put the spreadsheet on the website and let people download it. He's like, we well, should sell it. Like, it's an Excel spreadsheet. No, it's just a few formulas I threw on there. It's not a big deal. He's like, well, then they can do their own. You know, if you're going to put it on there, charge them for it. I really thought that was like the silliest idea in the world to charge people for something that to me seems so simple. But, you know, I guess maybe my entrepreneurial brain had not kicked in yet. <laughs> so uh, I prettied it up and, and made it look nice and, you know, uh, professional put it on the website and he thought I should do nine 99. And I was like, that's just ridiculous. Nobody's going to pay $10 for that. So anyway, I reluctantly agreed to a four 99 price tag, five bucks and um, back and forth on my website, on the Facebook page, telling people when it's going to go live. And I swear to you, people must've been sitting there with their finger on the enter button on my website, ready to download this thing because the moment it went live, thousands sold of this spreadsheet. <laughs> and so, so blown away by this. And in the meantime, they have already, the TLC has already contacted me to be on the show again for season two. Well, season one hasn't even aired yet, and they've already decided they want season two on. So, so we're already planning that. So now I'm like, okay, now 
you didn't really get paid to be on the show. I'm like, the paycheck's going to come from, now I'm going to talk about my ad, walking through the store. Oh, I'm using my ad. <laughs> anyway, so season two, you know, I'm doing that in the store and I'm like, oh, I have my, you know, I have my spreadsheet that I, that's available on my website. <laughs> so of course the, you know, tons and tons of them, um, you know, downloaded again. And it was funny because I had initially had like the PayPal ring sound on my phone every time a, a, a thing would hit. And you could tell when the show got was rerun because the, the phone would constantly go off. Ding, 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 ding with the little cash. I had to turn the notifications off. So anyway, it sounds really cool and it was fun and it was exciting, but so much going on at that time in life. Um, and one of the things was, uh, you know, wanting to open my own business and um, didn't want to be, didn't want to go into debt for it. Um, and if you remember, the whole reason I was couponing is because things were really tight for us. Like we actually had to, we were very paycheck to paycheck, you know, three teenagers in the house and just, there was no extra. Like, how am I going to start a business? I don't have any money. And you know, I don't want to go into debt to open something. I think it'll work. I mean, I got to have all this experience in the mattress business and everybody that goes into business thinks they're going to work, but you know, I'm also not stupid. I know a lot of small businesses fail. So anyway, the, the spreadsheet thing kind of funded um, the opening of the first big mattress outlet store. And, and that was a large part of why I was able to open and not, not have to go into debt. Um, so yeah, who knew that couponing would lead to a mattress business that has since been wildly successful. That was 12 what years an ago. Amazing story. 12 years ago. Do you still like, do people come up to you every once in a while and say, are you coupon Kelly? Do you get that? Now anymore? and then, now and then, yes. But more than that, I get, I get messages online a lot. Um, the funniest one was, um, like actual life one was sitting in a restaurant, um, it's been a few years ago now, but, but literally from half of the restaurant away, several tables away, I hear this, oh my God, voice. And the lady, I look over and the lady's pointing directly at me. She's like, it's you. I know it's you. I recognized your voice. It is you from the stream couponing. <laughs> like the whole restaurant's like, what is going on? And I'm just, and my daughter's sitting there going, oh my gosh. <laughs> you got yeah, I, I do get a lot of online messages. I love that. Has anybody ever tried to come into a big mattress outlet with a coupon? Do you, do you send out coupons <laughs> for people? I guess you know you what? Don't. We, we always... make that a part of our story because I'm a sucker for a deal. And, it, you know, my job at Simmons was, you know, back when I was there as operations manager was liquidating the, the closeout stuff, the, you know, excess that the company had. So, you know, that's kind of what our business model ended up being. So it's like we are a coupon, like big mattress outlet is a mattress just by shopping with us, you kind of are shopping with a coupon. <laughs> so we kind of made it part of our story is how much we love saving. So we want to make, you know, allow our customers to save too. And being the efficiency expert that you are with your spreadsheet and knowing exactly what's going to be the total you owe at the very end, you just saved everybody a step. Like, hey, I clipped yeah. for a long time. You don't even exactly. have to clip anymore. Well, yeah, no just come shop here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so you know, in the age of like online communities and, and all all the different places that you can go to be a part of a, a like a niche uh, group, you didn't keep the couponing thing alive, and I'm, sh I'm sure by now a ton has changed since sure 12 has. years ago. You know, you get sure coupons has. on apps, and all the stores have their own app, and this, that, and the other. What was the moment when you decided to let the couponing thing go, even though it was throwing off a fair amount of cash? Mm -hmm. And you said, Hey, I want to, I want to start my own business and, and I want it to be the mattress business. And then you let the couponing side go. Yeah. So great question because, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm sometimes think I'm superwoman and can do everything. And, you know, your body tells you real quick that, no, slow down a little bit. And so when I opened our first big mattress outlet store in Rome, Georgia, I opened it by myself. So I didn't have any employees. We were closed on Sunday. So I was working six days a week, open to close. And um, I was still running a coupon gig on the side. And the coupon gig was I was teaching classes in the evenings and weekends. And then I had like a coupon subscription service, like people in, in rural areas of the country that didn't have access to these Metro newspapers with nice thick inserts in them would actually subscribe to those inserts from me. And once a week, they would get a package with the really, you know, with all the inserts for the week. So you had and a hookup so, behind the scenes. You were I had a hookup. I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, you know, I don't think they even do it like that anymore. So it probably doesn't. It probably doesn't matter anymore if I tell what my hookup was, but I, I had an inside source for sure at the Atlanta Journal Constitution that allowed me to get all these excess uh, inserts. And sometimes I got the boxes of inserts, and sometimes sometimes they came as like entire newspapers, so I had to like pull the inserts out manually. And so one, I'd always told uh, all the subscribers that the packages would go out by Tuesday of the week. So if I got everything on you know Saturday evening or Sunday, that was great. But one particular week. I didn't get them until like Monday after work. So I had to drive to Atlanta after work, get them. And they were in the form of newspapers, not inserts. So I had thousands of these thick newspapers in the back of my truck. So I go to work Tuesday and I'm trying to pull inserts and it's raining outside. So like we have this recycle bin outside. So I'm sitting in the bed of the truck. I got this camper shell and I'm, you know, throwing away inserts. You can imagine how, or newspapers, you can imagine how black my hands are handling all these newspapers Meanwhile, I'm trying to watch around the corner of the building. If I get a customer, I got to go in. But then I got filthy black hands. And the whole thing just there was a moment of clarity where I said, where I said, why am I doing this chasing these pennies when I could go inside and make dollars? And just I just had a moment of clarity. And I finished up that day's subscription, sent them out to everybody who had paid for them. And that, that day they all got an email saying we're shutting the coupon business down. Sorry. <laughs> and I did no more. No more. That was it that day. Wow, that was it, huh? Coupon Kelly disappeared. Yeah, yeah. What took the website down and everything because it, it was time consuming just to answer questions to people who, you know, still wanting advice or to book, uh, you know, classes or, you know, you still had to answer them even if it was with a no. So I just kind of shut everything down. Like now it's a story. So when Coupon Kelly disappeared, who showed up? Who was the new you? Oh gosh, we need to come up with a name for it, a name for it. But you know, I'm a mattress madam. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably not a great name, but yeah, no, it's all mattress queen, focused. Queen now. of the queen of the kings, bulls, twins, twin XLs, and queens. Yes, <laughs> we're, we're workshopping that idea. I don't know. <laughs> no, but as as a business owner, as uh, somebody who made that decision, who was the new you that showed up? Because that's a, that's a pretty defining moment when you're sitting there and it's raining and you're inside your camper shell inside your truck and you're trying to make this business work. And you're like, wait a minute, like each one of these things that I pull out represents pennies for, for my business. Whereas mm -hmm. inside the moment a customer walks in there, that represents hundreds of dollars. Potentially. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so to really answer that, let me back up just a little bit to the, to the leaving Simmons bedding company to start the store. Cause I loved my job at Simmons. There was nothing wrong with what I was doing there. I loved the people I worked with. I liked what I did. Um, but I just had this entrepreneurial spirit that needed to be satisfied. I wanted to be a business owner. And so part of what happened in that moment, yeah, yes. In growing the coupon business that satisfied a little bit, you know, scratched a little bit of that itch, 
but in realizing that this could be much bigger. If I would really kind of, now I would define it as 10xing my goal. I, that's not a term, term uh, that I would have used back then because I you know, wasn't familiar with it. But now that's exactly what I was doing at that moment was thinking, you know, I'm, I'm thinking too small. And um, this could be a family business, which it turned into really quickly. Uh, Joe was able to leave a job that he uh, he worked for Ford and loved playing with cars. And he was able to leave and join me. And so together we've grown it and, you know, opened more stores. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, it was the brain became, the new mentality became how to grow this. What's the most efficient focus, the most efficient use of my time. You know, 80% of your results come from 20% of your efforts. So where's my 20%? What am I doing that's going to be the most effective? I didn't want to be, um, and I wasn't old or anything. I mean, I'm be 50 this year. So I've got, I got a lot of years left, but I also recognize at that point in my late thirties that I'm like, you know, if this takes several years to build, you know, I want to, I want to grow something. I don't want to do that at 50, 60 years old. Let's do it now. Mm. So what, what did you do? Like right out of the gates, you made that decision. You had yeah, clarity. So clarity creates energy. Where were you putting that energy? What were you doing to make that those those inflection points in your business after that? A lot in the store itself changed. I mean, to begin with, I was still thinking too small. You know, I'll admit because I'd never been in this position before. You know, it seemed like a big decision to bring a new a new line of mattresses in the store. That seemed like the the biggest decision I could take on. And opening a second location was just you know that seemed too big to tackle. But you know. A good friend of mine just said a while back that courage or um, confidence comes after success. It probably took having a little bit of success, having the store to suddenly realize I can do this. I can do this. Why am I afraid? Because I was afraid to jump ship at Simmons. I did it and pushed myself through it. But when I had the breakthrough of, holy cow, this is going to work. Like, this is going to work. This is going to be the family business. We've replaced both our incomes and then some. This is going to work. So then it was the focus on how to be better. And, you know, what, what a constant, how to be different, how to, because I want to say at the same time, and, and a lot, you know, probably folks that are listening to this can relate that some of what our mattress industry has become in, in some areas is something that, um, we don't like, you know, some customers feel like it's a little bit of a used car salesman type approach when they go in a mattress store. And so from day one, we wanted to fight that. We wanted to be different. So we had to figure out ways to offer a different product and different service. So I started thinking, started thinking bigger, um, you know, and, and granted at the time, you know, 12 years ago, that was just in one little store, but it was the, the, the mental approach. And now, gosh, looking back now, I'm just like, why didn't we make so many decisions so much faster and we'd labor over open the decision to open another store for like two years. And now I'm just like, just go open it <laughs> already. Yeah. The like decisions the, still feel so big in the moment. Yeah. And they do, you know, and that's the journey that, you know, entrepreneurs are on because even if there happened to be a playbook out there, it doesn't check all the boxes or fit all the conditions that you're facing. And by the way, I, I, sure. I need to backtrack just a little bit. So obviously if you're hopping in here on the show, we're talking to, the the artist formerly known as Coupon Kelly, Kelly Charles, CEO of Big Mattress Outlet. Kelly, I didn't set the stage for how many stores you have, where you're located. Paint that picture for everybody so they know. We have three stores that we own right now in North Georgia, Northwest Georgia. So uh, we live in a little town called Adairsville, Georgia, and our stores are in Rome, Cartersville, Calhoun. And um, we stopped at three locations because we had 
three, as I mentioned, three teenagers at home. And so the path forward, the any way that we thought of it was going to take more of our time and effort. And to be honest with you, we were really stinking spoiled with our three-store lifestyle and being able to attend the kids' ball games and events and just, you know, have the family life that really was what we were working for, for in the first place. But we did say after the youngest graduates college, we're going to focus on expansion, just full steam ahead. Well, the youngest graduated college this past year. So here we are, full steam ahead. So now, um, then the path was, well, do we open more stores that we own or do we franchise? I mean, what, what, what does the landscape look like? And at the same time, I'm, I'm going to thank you for your part in this because as we were thinking through this, you were kind enough to invite me to Dream Camp where I met Jason Friedman. And a lot of what we talked about at Dream Camp last year was exactly what I needed to hear to make the decision on what was best for us. So, I mean, that was April of last year. I came home and told Joe, Joe wasn't able to go to Dream Camp. I came home and told him, I said, all right, baby, we're franchising. <laughs> He's like, I did not. I thought there was going to be a conversation, more of a conversation surrounding this. <laughs> Somehow I felt like we would actually talk it through. <laughs> so this is us talking it through. This is what we're doing. <laughs> but Joe is, he's the perfect partner and he's fully on board and he's very supportive. And, um, you know, he, he, he plays the largest part in managing the corporate stores that we have while I've uh, ex focused on this franchising venture, which has been super exciting and rewarding. Um, and I think we will have a very exciting announcement to off to make in the next week or so. I don't want to jinx it. Oh, make, make sure. Make Franchising sure is going that. places. <laughs> awesome. I love that. What, let's go back to the Dream Camp Key West, which was April of 2023. Yeah. And yeah, I, I remember, you know, for those who don't know, Dream Camp is uh, an invitation only uh, retreat for sleep and mattress industry professionals. And then if you have been to a dream camp, you can nominate people. And so I invited you because I was like, Kelly's the, the perfect type of person just based on who, who I, who I could see that you were, how incredible you were at business, how, um, just like gritty and scrappy you got with like making your couponing business work. And I'm like, <laughs> she's going to infuse like all the energy that the fam and dream camp stands for. So I was so happy that you came. And then Jason and, and Drew were our guides and residents. So at Dream Camp, we don't have somebody come in and speak and then leave. We have our guides and residents. So somebody that's world-class at something, Jason and Drew had built a business to 150 million in sales and sold it. So they came in as our guides and residents. And they spent the entire time with us. And I remember Jason pulled me aside and he goes, hey, I think I need to adjust my speech um, for day two. And it was like, or maybe for the afternoon or, or the second part of day one, he said, I need to focus on the shifts to massive growth. So I know that we got into that piece of it, but as you were reflecting on your notes in that week in particular, what was the light bulb moment for you? There was one particular moment and there, there was a lot, but if I were to narrow it down to one moment, I've always felt a heavy responsibility as a business owner to show our team that I was willing to do anything I asked them to do. I was never better than or above or um, I wanted to show that I was a part of the team, not just be the boss and, and boss everybody around. But to that end, sometimes I was getting tied down doing the mundane day-to-day -day things 
because I didn't want to step away and be in an office while they had to do the day-to-day things. So one of the questions I posed sort of in the moment um, was, I, I want to grow. Like in my mind, I'm there, but I, there's only one of me. How do I, I, I don't want to, to give the message to my team. How do I transform into a leader from working with them without it being, okay, I'm now I'm above them. I just, I, I wasn't familiar with how to make that transition not something I'd had to do before. And Jason said, what if by not growing your business, you're actually holding them back because now they can't grow. And that was the aha moment for me that I was actually doing them a disservice by not stepping out and growing, giving them something to grow into. And um, yeah, so there were a lot of moments, but that's the one that stood out in my mind that just kind of gave me the it's like a springboard. It just kind of launched my thought process to a whole new level. <laughs> and, you know, it's, like, it's such a simple concept. Isn't it crazy how the simplest concepts are the most fro- profound sometimes? And then you feel silly. It's like, well, why didn't I think of that? That seems so simple. But looking back through time, you know, the moments that made a difference and made an impact are always these things that, you know, in hindsight are relatively simple. I can't tell you how many times I've heard something similar from people. Um the, the right message hit them at the right time. Yeah. Something maybe I knew, I heard it before. Uh, that's why a lot of times when we, we get groups together, these groups, whether it's the Dream Camp group or the Mattress Mentorship Mastermind or Sleep Summit or one of the virtual things we do behind the scenes, it's like, just if you've heard this before, it's okay. Let it wash over you. Just be with it. And maybe yep. you're going to hear it again in a new way. Um, the old saying was, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So this, yeah. these lessons may be being taught all the time, but you're not going to hear them until you, the student, are ready. It sounds like you were ready. Yeah, yeah, it totally was. And, and you know, fear is such a big, a big factor, too. You know, as growing to, it was one thing to leave a corporate job and start a business by myself. If I failed, it was, it was our household that was affected for sure. Uh, but Joe still had a good job, and I knew I could go back out in the workforce. It wasn't affecting anybody else. But then when you grow and you've got a team and they rely on you to make sound decisions, uh, despite whatever the economy is doing, to me, it's a lot more, there's a lot more fear involved in making big decisions. There's a lot more, you you really feel attached to the status quo that has got you where you are. And because I don't want, I don't want to affect their jobs. I don't want to do anything that's going to, you know, cause any, any discomfort to our team. So in franchising, I mean, that's, we're not at, our economy, as we all know, is not the best that the mattress industry has ever seen. Um, but I react to it differently now after having a, a measure of success over the years. Now I look at it like challenge accepted, you know, bring it. You know, this was this will give you the the needed change, because sometimes when things are going really, really well, business kind of stumbles in the door just by default and you can get a little complacent. And there may be areas of your business that you needed to work on, but you don't realize that because business is coming easy. But when things slow down a little bit and you're having to work for it, what it really does is highlight double red underline, as my friend Mark Kinsley would say, the areas where you need to improve become really obvious. And um, so I, to me, it's almost exciting just because it, it clarifies to me the things that we need to do as an organization to be as perfect as we can. and. Um, I love it because I love change. I love, I love the excitement of bringing something new in and trying something new and seeing how it works. Um, 
the, the, the feeling with franchising, you know, it's, it's the decisions we make are a little more monumental now because I'm affecting uh, future entrepreneurs as well. So I have to be absolutely certain. We're not just testing something just to see how it, it works. You know, we need to be sure that, it, that the decisions we make are sound and they set up our franchisees for success from day one. And we're partnering with the right people who, you know, kind of fit our culture. So I heard something, this was really cool that uh, if you build the right culture, you'll, att you'll attract the right people. We focus so much at Big Mattress Outlet on the culture. Um, that's probably the Mo, the meat of our conversation in our weekly meetings with our team more than anything is the culture that we, the customers are made even when they walk in a store. It's one thing for us to talk about it behind the scenes, but they can feel it when they walk in. What's, what's the culture like? What does it feel like? Cause we want to, we don't want to talk that we want to live it and be sure that's obvious. And, you know, hopefully that attracts the right customers, has attracts the right entrepreneurs. And it feels good. What are some of the things you do? I, I remember my friend, Dr. Dr. V from Miskelly's, he told me one time that culture is what you create or what you tolerate. Yeah. And in creating the big mattress outlet culture, what are some of the things that stand out to you about the culture? Like the signals you send off that says, this is who we are, the things you do that send off signals that say, this is who we are. So our, probably our number one thing is, is a culture of empathy, um, certainly with one another, but ultimately our customer that walks in the store is why we're all here. So that's, that's our number one focus. And everybody says they focus on their customers. So just saying that is, is nothing unusual, but going through the, the kinetic customer formula uh, workshop with Drew and Jason um, opened our eyes to another level of customer service mm -hmm. and another, another ability that we probably were able to tap into to help customers from a standpoint that speaks to them in a way that they don't get anywhere else when they go in a store. And you can't encapsulate that in one conversation here, but it's, it really is a lesson in empathy where when people come in, you're connecting with them on another level rather than salesperson client level. Um, one of the things we've really tried to focus on sleep so that we can tap into the emotional response that customers have to sleep because they think that mattress is a commodity and that they're coming in to buy something that's probably not even going to be the most fun purchase of the year for them. But they're passionate about buying a mattress. They don't know it, but they are because who likes getting woke up by a, a fire alarm at three in the morning? You know, we're passionate about our sleep. We don't like getting woke up. You, you wake up grouchy if you don't get enough sleep. People love their sleep. So if you tap into that emotion and that passion with them, then you can really help them actually sleep better and pay attention to what uh, what's going to be the best sleep system for them. And, you know, the end result is just you, you gain, gain clients for life, you gain, gain referrals. Um, but that's kind of the culture that we try to manifest to our customers. Internally, we have a culture of accountability. Um, so we have specific programs in place because, I mean, we can talk all day about how the value of taking care of customers and how great these ideas are and the podium follow-ups and the, you know, the gifts after purchase and all of the things that you might throw out there as cool things to do. But on a day-to-day -day basis, it can get mundane when that's your job. So we kind of hold one another accountable and we've got systems in place to be sure that we're um, cheering one another on through the successes. You know, we have a constant, uh, you know, little competitions going between them so that everybody gets cheered on and recognized for every single little thing they do that contributes to that culture. Um, but then privately, there's that that accountability if uh, if so, if a step is not met. And it's just, you know, 
hate to say those opportunities. People don't like that word, but you know, they we exist. They exist. We're human. We don't do everything just right. Lord knows I don't. If, that's the worst is when I've, we've, we put these programs in place and then I'm the first one to miss one. And they're like, so Kelly, did you text that customer? <laughs> hey, that's, that's the ultimate teamwork right there is whenever people at whatever different job are noticing things and holding each other accountable in a positive way that's collegial and com, you know, filled with camaraderie. Um, that's, that's the best. Like, ah, man, I, realized I screwed that one up. Thank you. Thank you for making sure I didn't miss it because this is what we want to do yeah. to make sure that our customers are taken care of and that we're yeah. playing as one team. Yeah. That's really the, 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 the meat of it is that if we celebrate the successes, then people start looking for those celebrations. Um, you know, every time a customer leaves us a good Google review, you know, in the group employee uh, message platform, the entire, all employees, the entire team gets a, oh, so-and-so got a five-star review this morning on Google or on recommendation on Facebook or whatever. Um, you know, anytime some of these metrics that we really push are, are achieved, you know, everybody gets recognized. So they start looking for that. And if it's been several days since somebody got a shout out on the group message, it's like, man, I got to get one of those. Yeah. And, you know, people, and this came from, from Friedman, you know, he was saying that people do what they are rewarded and recognized for. Yes. And I think those, those two words, how do we reward and how do we recognize can go a long way in being the piece that creates the culture you want. You just as a business owner have to decide what is it we're going to reward for? What is it we're going to recognize? And then keep doing it. Like you said, they're going to yeah. start looking for those wins. True. And, and what's amazing is that you can, you can work that into your customer culture as well. Let the customer be the hero in their story rather than always being sold to and you being the expert, you know, you can work that into how you approach the customer so that they don't feel like they're being sold to, but they feel like they are solving their own problems, that they're being smart. Um, you know, all of our managers now are certified sleep coaches. So we really want to not just say that we talk about sleep. We, you know, we want to actually be educated and put, put our, our team in a position where they can have com intelligent conversations with customers about their sleep habits. And when you really praise a customer for um, their effort to be a, to focus on better health, to be a better version of themselves through better sleep, it's amazing the transformation that you get from customers not feeling like they're being sold. And we really, we really are helping them. I mean, this is, this is fun for us too. It's not just a business strategy. It's like, we actually like doing this. It's, it's amazing <laughs> that we're kind of making a living doing it. It's really cool. <laughs> we enjoy this. Well, you can tell you enjoy it, both you and Joe and your team members. And I've really enjoyed getting to know you, both of you, getting to talk to you today and hear more about your story. And congratulations on all the success that you've had. I know there's so much more in the in the windshield than the rear view for both uh you and joe and big mattress outlet and if hey if somebody's interested in getting in touch with you um probably don't go down the coupon kelly road although that's probably, probably all over the internet how do they get in touch with you probably gonna get some expired results there uh yeah no my email is kelly with a y k-e-l-l-y at bigmattressoutlet.com i always welcome conversations and i just you know i enjoy talking to people and getting to know people that the, the the community that you've put together with the fam has been the most profound thing that I've been a part of in, I'm in my 25th year in the mattress business. I know I don't look a day over 26, but still. <laughs> really young. Yeah. Um, but it has been so, so cool 
connecting with people that are like-minded and being able to have open conversations and productive conversations and make one another better. You know, sometimes as an entrepreneur in your field, you're a little guarded because what you've done that has made you a success, you really don't want to share that with anybody else. But also you, we all feel vulnerable. I mean, we all feel a responsibility to ourselves to continue the success, but to our team to make the right decisions to, you know, and we recognize that we're human and that we're frail and we, we make mistakes. And so, you know, what if this decision I'm making is a mistake? I mean, you, you second guess everything. So when you have a team of people or group of people that become true friends that are like a soundboard and you can discuss things and really get such great ideas without the spirit of competition in the mix, it's 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 been like I say life changing, but you know from a business standpoint, this 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 little tribe that you've put together, I can't thank you enough for for how that has changed mine and Joe's ability to be good business owners and be leaders. I, I think that that's given us a I feel like we got a leg up on the competition now, just being a part of it. Well, I'll tell you what, I may have put some of this in motion, but to see people come to life in all these new ways, both personally and professionally has just been the greatest joy for me. I mean, we launched the Mattress Mentorship Mastermind at Sleep Summit last year and we opened that up and you know, 31 people signed up and said, I'm in. And it was, to me, the, the caliber of people that joined the group is unlike anything I've seen. And, and it was fascinating because you have a range of different businesses that are, some of them are 30, $40 million operations, and they're mm -hmm. still investing in their team and in, in themselves to learn and grow. And I think probably the thing that made me the most inspired and the saddest at the same time was I heard somebody that had been in they're part of the, the group, and they said, I've been in this industry for 27 years, and I had contacts, but no community. This is the first time I feel like I'm truly part of something. I, I can relate and, to that. I truly can. And, you know, the, the mastermind thing I, I joined, as you know, and it was a little scary. I've never been a part of a mastermind before. I didn't know what to expect. You know, I felt like my plate was already, you know, running over. Like, how do I make time for an extra thing? And, you know, I knew it was something we needed to be committed to, to really get the full result out of it. You don't just join and then, you know, show up kind of half-heartedly. You need to really, you know, put your heart into, to, um, you know, the group and, and participating, which takes time and effort, which is something that all of us business owners don't feel like we have any extra of. But I got to tell you that Joe and I sat at Sleep Summit when that announcement was made and there wasn't a moment's hesitation. We looked at each other and I th we both were thinking we should do this, but, you know, feeling the need to check with the other. And we looked at each other and said, I, I don't know, do you think we should? And he's like, I don't see how we can't as much benefit as we've gotten from being a part of everything the fam has done up to this point, how can we not take advantage of this opportunity that, that's fallen in our lap? So it, yeah, no regrets. It's, it has been absolutely worth every bit of effort that was put into it. This is, this is the highlight of my day. And I tell you, you know, I, we talk about scratching our own itches, like making something that you truly want. One of the biggest rubs for me in this industry was we go to these events, but then we walk away and we don't have any connective tissue. There, was, there wasn't that deep sense of community that I was after. And I, would, I was peppered with all these amazing people. 
and I'd see them over here at this conference or at this different thing or yeah. at a market or wherever it might be. And then we would accordion out and everybody would go their separate ways and there was no consistent connectivity there. I'm like, I, what would happen if, if you continue to bring the right singers together to get in this course? You know, what happens if this choir starts growing and singing from the same hymnal? We're going to make a, a dent in the industry. We, it, it might even make the industry the exact one that we want over time. And plus yeah. you get to do it living a life with some really amazing people and learning from others that are at different points in their journey. And I know you and Joe have contributed so much to people and are just, you have a lot of admirers out there. I'll put it that way. <laughs> well, I admire a lot of people out there too. I love the analogy that you make of, of music and a band, because I know you're a musician. I'm a musician. We've both played with bands and with other talented musicians. And I've never ceased to have been amazed by how much better the collective group is than the single. You get with other talented musicians and the end product it is so much better. You improve one another. You make one another sound good. You know, if you've ever played with, with someone that you just really connect with in a band, you can read off of one another. You know what's coming next. You know when to give the lead. You know when to take the lead. You know when to make somebody else sound good in the moment. Those moments can't be described unless you're you've had a part of it. And that's kind of what we've got going with this little, I keep calling it this tribe of people that you've put together, but you know, without being a part of it, you really, it'd be hard to explain to somebody else the value of what's coming out of it. The, the song, if you will, but I really think we have the ability to change the industry. I, I truly do. You know, that sounded big and bold when we first said it, or when I first heard you say it, I'm just saying we now I'm just a part of it. It's me too. <laughs> But, uh, but I actually, I really think we can, I, I truly do. Well, I think it's happening. And I think a lot of it comes down to what you just said. We just continue to show up because transformation happens during immersion. I really believe that. Like you, you gotta be there in person. You gotta consistently connect with the people that you're trying to make a change with. And along the way, you're gonna get personal benefits. You're gonna give to other people and it's gonna elevate them. And then also we're creating this movement, I feel like, in the industry to make it the one that we want. And it's one that is built on a foundation of better sleep and how life changing it can be and how many people live their whole life or most of their life on a terrible mattress and they get that great mattress and all of a sudden they light up, everything changes for them. That, those are the moments that we need to continue to focus on because we as an industry are changing people's lives. And if you're focused on, you know, just making a buck, you, you you wouldn't fit into the fam. It's just, no. you'll see the people. No. But if you feel like you're a little bit alone out here and you're this person that ha like understands that mission, embraces that is like doing things for your community is helping your team get better and you want to get better and you feel a little isolated, you should really, you should really like join the fam, like go to fam.news, like check out Dream Camp, check out Sleep mm -hmm. Summit, like call Kelly. <laughs> call me, all about call it. me, yep. <laughs> Happy to get my phone number out and, and talk to anybody. And, and, you know, even if you just, you know, if you're in the mattress industry and you just, um, you feel like there's a something you've seen that is a piece of advice that we could use in our business, I'm, I'm all ears. Uh, or if there's something that you feel like maybe we've been through in our growth that you'd like to hear, then Lord knows I know how to talk. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, uh, you do know how to talk. You know, know how to share a really amazing story. So thank you for taking us down the memory lane of being. Thanks for letting me. Coupon Kelly, uh, 
the star of TLC's extreme couponing to now the CEO of Big Mattress Outlet, which is beginning this amazing adventure to franchise. And anybody that wants to, I know you're willing to share about the business and help people learn about the business. And um, maybe next time we talk here on the podcast, so I have to have you come back. We can start talking about all these franchisees that you've signed up and uh, explore um, the latest and greatest as, yep. as your story continues to unfold. You got it. It's a deal. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. Thanks, Kelly. And hey, be sure to subscribe if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or if you're over on the YouTube channel, you're, you're seeing me and Kelly right now or on the website. Be sure to subscribe, share this with somebody, maybe somebody in the industry, a colleague, a friend, and uh, hit up Kelly. Let her know that you listen. And we'll see you back here next week, every Monday, right here on the Fan Podcast.